The worst was trying to talk about the previous devices and then yeah. talking about yeah, the be like in one the sentence. S, the S20 Ultra compared to the S21 Ultra is... <laughs> uh, kill me. It's like, uh, yeah. if we look at the camera hums from before, there's Galaxy S20 Ultra and the Galaxy Note 20 Ultra are definitely throwbacks uh, because now we have yeah. the S21 Ultra, which is new. In oh, God, it's so easy to like spill over your words. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Pocket Now Weekly Podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Vergara. What's going on, everybody? We have David Amell from Android Authority back on the show. And the main reason why I wanted him on when we recorded this is because I did not receive my Galaxy S21 or S21 Ultras yet. I do have them now, and you're seeing a lot of content on these phones all over the internet at the moment. But at the time, David was the one who actually had the S21 Ultra, and I wanted him on to give us some of his thoughts. But before that, we do also talk about the other big thing that happened in the week, and that's, of course, CES 2021, the digital CES. Now, CES has never really been a super mobile forward um, show, but we did get a lot of really good computing announcements, including gaming laptops, uh, of which we talk about ASUS in particular. So after talking about those, we get into Samsung Unpacked. So that is going to be your episode for today. Thank you so much for kicking it with us, and let's go ahead and get into the episode. Enjoy. No other way of starting uh, this week's podcast than asking, how was your CES? Um, quite different from every CES we've done before. Indeed, indeed. I saw um, a picture of the of the Las Vegas Strip, and I kept thinking to myself, who who in, who would actually be on the Strip right now to see this sign? I thought the, the dissonance was kind of funny. There was a mm. huge sign at the wind that said, CES, we miss you, see you in 2022. And I was like, who's... Really? Who's looking <laughs> at that sign? <laughs> Nobody. Yeah, well, I remember like the day before CES 2020 ended, it was like prep for CES 2021. Like, yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. So it's probably know. a sign sure that they that, just like had ready to go anyway or whatnot. I think they're just trying to keep it in people's minds so that people don't pull out for next CES. Yeah. I, I have to say, like, I was fairly surprised at how much stuff actually launched at the CES because, yeah. We didn't get like nearly as many pre-briefings or anything as I was expecting or as usual. And then so I was going to be like, the CS is going to be totally dead. But then a bunch of stuff actually dropped. Mm -hmm. um, however, I think a lot of that stuff was stuff that was supposed to be released at Computex and then Computex got canceled. So, yeah, um, <laughs> I bet that they just pushed it until now because they didn't want to push it a whole year until next Computex. So. I think from a bird's eye view, uh, CES is turning into a little bit of like a Computex. Uh, yeah, a little are, bit. There are a lot yeah. of computing announcements. There are a lot of laptops and mm -hmm. stuff like that. Those, I guess the best way to put it is those are the companies that actually have news. So mm -hmm. Razer with um the new laptops but they're not radically different they just have the yeah. ampere is that the ampere uh yeah cards? yeah yeah the 3000 series mm -hmm. and i mean 360 hertz displays they're pretty cool true so, um yeah. i don't i still i'm not sure because i'm on so much i'm on 144 right now and i yeah know that this i is think good. i think 144 is like all you really need mm -hmm. i don't know like, how about that mask though Dude, when they showed me the mask of the pre-briefing, I was like, "You had a pre-briefing with a mask?" Extra. Yeah. Oh, what? <laughs> well, it was for every, it was for everything. It was for like the laptops, but they also showed me the mask and then the chair concept. Oh wow, that's hilarious. Um, it was an online pre-briefing, so oh, I didn't get to okay. see it in person. But they had like a physical 
thing to They didn't off. have one at the briefing, but they told me that they were going to have one on the live stream because oh. they have made like two of them apparently. Okay. Um, and I guess that they were going to use that. They were going to like use the audience reaction from the live stream to see if they should actually make them, which they say that about every concept product at CES. So like I have a feeling it's not going to come out, which mm -hmm. sucks because I want it. Yeah, isn't it's like it extra weird? is crap. It's so extra, but I love it. I in found, every way. I, I thought, I, I kept thinking to myself, would I use this in real life? And I, and, and the, the honest answer is no, because if we're wow. already going to be like accosted by the dummies of the world for even wearing a mask, just imagine how much this one actually like makes it clear. I am that well, person. Well, okay. So like the RGB, yeah, I probably would not use, or like maybe I'd only use it when I'm walking by myself for like a little bit of extra light or something. But there's so many cool features in it. Like it is N95 certified. Yep. Um, it has active air filtration, which yep. is cool. Without it's got that filters. voice. Yeah, replaceable filters, which is awesome. It's got the voice, um, you know, algorithm thing that makes it sound like you don't have anything in front of your face. Mm -hmm. Like it makes it sound like you're you're normal. Um, it's clear, so you can see your face and your mouth moving. Um, you know, it's got those adjustable straps, like. And then the RGB, obviously. So, like, it, I don't know. I feel like this is, like, because the only, like, consumer-ready mask really out there right now that has, like, active air filtration is, like, that LG one. And that thing is, like, huge. It looks like a like a gas mask. But this one looks pretty so, big, too, though. Like, because there's, there's a plastic area that, that, like, sits on your mouth. And yeah. then there's a guard in front of it. So mm. if you look kind of closely, like there's there's a part that's there and then there's a larger okay. guard. That's where the plastic is that shows your yeah. It's not as big as the LG one, I agree with you. But um, I mean, look, if you can use like face unlock without having to take your mask off, like fair. that's already a win. That's fair. already a big win. I love the the voice amplification part. I do agree with that. I think it's mm -hmm. a great idea, which made and me think. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Everybody was like, you need to add like voice changing features into this so you can sound like Darth Vader or like. <laughs> oh, man, that's funny. Or like a. That guy from Batman, the uh, Bane. newest one, Bane. Yeah. yeah. Oh man, the Bane thing would be hilarious. Yeah. Um, the I thought that that mask would work. It would probably be best in an enterprise setting, honestly, because if I were to look at the masks I have now, and I think probably most of us have multiple types of masks. Like there was that other one from CES, uh, Air Pop where they have the little um, module inside that will detect mm. what it's filtering. So you actually oh, know. Okay. So um, they have an app, I think, where at the end of the day, you look at it and it'll tell you what different things it was filtering throughout the day. Um, yeah. I think it would be pretty terrifying, though, if you open that up and it literally says COVID-19. But like, <laughs> um, Yeah, I was going to say that that sounds like a little bit of extra stress that I'm not sure that I want to know. That's fair, yeah. Like there's um, probably a lot of crap in the air that, we inhale that is probably not good. And it's sure. just going to make me more anxious yeah. needlessly. <laughs> but that's the reason why I'm thinking like uh, I would have masks even after COVID because um, we've been to Asia a bunch of times and it's like, it's not a problem there. And they actually tried to tell you that it's good to have on a plane. Yeah. So that's what I want to yeah. do. But would this be one I wear on a plane, like walking around in an airport? I'm not too sure, man. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> So, um, but yeah, when it comes to Razer, they always have these concept products that get more attention, I want to say, than the actual laptops in a way. Because remember, was it last year yeah. or the year before where they had the, um, what was it called? The one that got stolen, the one that the triple monitor. That was three years ago, believe it or not. Three years ago. Holy crap. Yep. Yeah. The, the triple, the Project Siren, I think it was called. Might have been. I forget. It was, I don't know. They have different names. But yeah, the triple, the triple screen that mm. got stolen. Yeah. yeah. 
I feel like the the it getting stolen like got more buzz than the actual laptop itself, but right, it was cool as heck. Like I really liked it, but they had it. You couldn't use it, and it was like behind a a big glass chamber. So yeah, but, um, well, man, going from Razer to another mm. company that I think uh, can I. I, I think you'll agree with me here, but, you know, if not, of course, let me know. Um, do you think people sleep on Asus? Yes. Right? Like, I, I, I'm on the Zenfone 7. We yeah. have, uh, I think most of us are pretty much fans of the ROG phone. Like, we we appreciate it. Yeah. And then, of course, you have, no, like, They're their, great for the price. Yeah. And then they have their laptops, which, so uh, it's crazy. Like, they had so much to talk about. Yeah, I am particularly remembering Computex like three years ago when you and me was it? Yeah, it was Computex three years ago. And you and I went to the Asus headquarters mm -hmm. and met with them and they showed us the um, the first Zenbook pad thing. It was the screen pad. Yeah, the screen pad. But I think they still called the it first. The, didn't they still call it the duo at the time? I forget. I don't I don't I think it was just called the Zenbook Pro or okay. something like that. Yeah, You're I think it was right. just the ZenBook Pro. It was like the first iteration of this ScreenPad Plus thing. Mm -hmm. And I remember just like, we were like, oh, that's that's really interesting. And then it kind of like started to set in over the last two years, like how much Asus makes really cool, wacky stuff that actually is functional. Yeah. Like I, at Computex two years ago, they announced the ZenBook Pro Duo, which I am using right now. Mm -hmm. um, not in this video call, but I use it all the time. I've used it for the last year. I love it. Um, and it took me a couple of months to like really understand like how it works. And I was kind of laughing at the screen pad at first too. But it's really functional. Like it's really functional. Like I love it. And then and then Michael, he got um, he got the Zephyrus Duo, yep. and he did a video on that. He's obsessed with that now. He's like. I have to send this back to PR at some point, but I really want it. But it's four thousand dollars. <laughs> yeah, I have I have mine that I have yet to do a review on it. It's sitting in my. Yeah. I had to. I, I like it so much. I literally bought a new bag for it. Um, I, if, I, if I have to return this, I'm still keeping the bag. I mean, I'm just. <laughs> yeah, like I'm using the Microsoft Surface Book Three right now with uh, with you because that's the best webcam. And mm -hmm. then I have a. I bought a MacBook Air M1 mm -hmm. uh, recently. Every time I use a laptop that doesn't have a second screen now, I'm like, I, I heard I heard a great comparison that I, I didn't realize. It's good that I heard it before I do the Duo 15 uh, video. This is literally what the touch bar can never be. That's and a I, good point. I was yeah. like, whoa, that's crazy. Like, it's touch bar is not big enough. And also, it's like not really a display. It's more of like a interactive panel. Yeah. You know? Like yeah, the UI it runs is totally different. Exactly. Um, but yeah, it's just funny when you kind of, it, it's it's a weird parallel though, because when you see that there's another display on the bottom portion of the freaking laptop, mm -hmm. <laughs> it's nuts. Um, so, no, it's so handy, especially for briefings, mm -hmm. for like taking notes, like for, it's just for everything. It's I think so my handy. favorite part of what Asus did at CES though was, it's the mm -hmm. same point I made with the Zephyrus G14, which we'll get to later. Um, it's the fact that Asus's gaming so laptops are really dope but they are still gaming laptops. They need yeah. to make these for like creators. Like even MSI has a creator line, which they also announced um, uh, updates to. Uh, but now what we have at CES this year was the ZenBook Duo 15. Mm -hmm. So it's not Zephyrus, it's ZenBook. It is the yeah. productivity powerhouse, but it has the same exact specs, which is insane to me. They, they announced like 
a lot of new laptops at CES. Um, one was the Zen ZenBook Duo, which is the one that has the Intel Z, um, not Z, I'm sorry, Intel that like integrated GPU that's supposed to be better. Yeah, before. but that one's the 14, right? The Duo 14. Right, and then yeah. they've also got the 15. And then they've got the Zen. They've got a new ZenBook Pro Duo, which mm. is like has like a fifteen degree angle tilt. Yep. So it's like my, it's like mine, but it has a tilt and it has new internals. And then I think it's OLED too, or something yep, like that. They're OLED. Yeah. Which oh, I'm jealous. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so jealous. I love OLED laptops. Um, and then they've got a new Zephyrus Duo that they announced mm-hmm. that just has like the RTX 3000 series is OLED has better um, cooling um, a better keyboard or something like that. Like it's a mechanical keyboard or something. I, I don't, don't remember. Know. Like, I don't remember the keyboard part, but it's like they update everything so fast. Mm-hmm. Crazy. But it was um, really interesting because these particular laptops are sporting both CPU and GPU upgrades. It's you usually yeah. get one and then you get the other later on. And then it's by yeah. the end of the year that people like me end up reviewing like a, a duo 15 because that's the one that got all the upgrades in Q4. Mm. Uh, but now you have Ampere RTX cards and you have mm. in the case of the ROG uh, gaming laptops. And I think this is what, probably the most significant thing most people don't realize right away. They're all AMD processors. Yeah. Yeah. A- Asus is going like all in on AMD. I think they only released one Intel laptop at CES, yeah. <laughs> which is amazing. I'm like, I, I don't know. I'm such a like, I hate, I, I just, I don't like Intel that much. It's, it's like, it's not, I don't like to like be, I'm not a fanboy or anything, whatever. I work, I just worked for Intel and I hated them while I worked there. And so seeing, seeing them continue to not innovate and getting trampled on is a little bit of schadenfreude for me because I was constantly asking man- upper management, like, why aren't you preparing for the inevitable someone else that's going to eat your lunch? And they were just like, Rrr. well, I mean, even, even your history, notwithstanding. Yeah. It, right. it, it is true <laughs> though, that like Intel is, they're so stubborn. Um, like, yeah. To be fair, they are still the processor of choice that supports the vast majority of things that we do. And if you are looking at the desktop world, it's still a very viable thing to get. But in the laptop world, people like AMD and Apple, honestly, are moving in and creating laptops yeah. that can actually work. I mean, in the in the desktop world too, man, like those Ryzen chips are just getting better and better. Oh, agree, and PCIe 4 is like incredible. And like, I think... Intel's only advantage right now is that they have such good relationships with vendors and with manufacturers. And it's like, it's hard for like Dell, for example, has such tight, like they're just so tight with Intel that it's very difficult for them to make anything AMD. And we kind of saw that last year, like Asus was the only one or Asus or however you want to say it. They're the only ones who like launched a laptop with the Ryzen 9 processors, like Mm -hmm. at all. And the only that launched like the one, the G14. And then this year, they're just like, cool, they're great. We're going to launch a crap load of them. So yeah, and that's there's a new G14. There's there's a there's a second generation G14. Um, and then now there's a G15. Yeah. So the G so the, the G15. This is also so second, laptop. <laughs> this is also second generation, the G15. But what's significant about mm. the G15, Zephyr's G15, is that it now has the design cues of the 14. So it has that screen that like lifts up the keyboard a little, 
Right. Um, but it's, it's also a better display yes. because the, on the, on both the 14 and the 15, which was like the biggest thing that people railed against it for. And that's the thing. Like I'm, I'm really happy with the duo 15. I don't know if I'm going to be able to hold on to it long-term. Um, I know yeah. that I'll return it eventually, but oh my God, like I actually kind of feel like even though I have the M1 for let's say trips and stuff like that, the G14, despite not having as good battery life, cause that's just the nature of this versus M1. It's still so enticing. I kind it's of still like I want a really good all arounder. Yeah. yeah, no, I I legitimately am considering like buying a G14 Gen two at some point this year. Yeah, uh, hopefully I it's just, not going to be like some crazy price point because the current G14 is actually really affordable. I think like it's like fourteen hundred dollars yeah. MSRP. It's so good for for the price. Mm-hmm. Ridiculous. The only thing that's going to be Asus missing is, is that good webcam. That too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is a bummer, but I guess I'll just have to use my Fuji for a webcam now. <laughs> Using Fuji. I mean, that was the thing. I always yeah. was thinking to myself, is it really that big of a deal? Then I realized we have our yeah. phones anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I still, you know, it's like, it's funny because like when Apple um, put the ISP, they put an ISP in the M1 um, laptops because they already have an ISP with their SOCs for their phones. So they're just like, it's pretty much plug and play. Yeah. And they're like, look at the the quality difference. And it's like, but it's still like, like a really crappy one megapixel 720p webcam. <laughs> like it's it's pretty bad. Like, um, and you're really just raising the shadows on a low quality image. Like it's so sad that phones have had 1080p like front facing cameras forever oh, and true. laptops. Like it's pretty much like Microsoft is like the only one that makes high quality webcams for your laptop. And yeah. we didn't we didn't see I was kind of surprised that we haven't seen at least at CES like a lot more webcam focused laptops because of work from home stuff. Like I was thinking that that was going to be the next big trend was like just making super high quality web conferencing. Um and That's Apple, true. I guess, even though their cameras are not as good, like they've still got like the best quality like microphones. So, yeah, I just saw um shout out to an old colleague, uh, <laughs> Kevin, the tech ninja. He did an he did a, a voiceover using oh, an yeah. M1 Mac and I was like, "Whoa." <laughs> no, they're they're really good. <laughs> yeah, they're really good. But that's the one that's like one of the one things that I kind of like was bummed out that they didn't put in the air from the Pro. Mm. Um but you know, when the when the Pro 16 comes out eventually this year, I'll I'll probably get one. I will um, admit when I'm let's say lazy I'll use the word lazy and I'm not Mm. willing to set up this whole podcasting rig setup here at the desktop, the MSI desktop that I use. This is my battle station. I just reach for the M1 and (laughs) just go into the meetings using that. Um, Anyway, back to Asus. The, um, my one gripe, and we're going to get into the main announcement that they had that people keep talking about, which is the convertible laptop. But the, as far as the duos are concerned, I am kind of disappointed because, uh, you have the Zephyrus G14, which has the mm-hmm. RTX 3060. Now, while the 60 series, the 60 tier of uh, RTX might not be the best for, for creation ultimately, like let's say you'd go 4K with After Effects and all of that, you will overload mm-hmm. that card. It's just going to happen um, if, you're, if you go hard in the paint. I wish that they still had the 3060 in like the Zephyrus Pro, uh, the ZenBook Duo 14, because it, mm-hmm. it has the MX graphics yeah i know the I mx like, they like done it yeah yeah they had the what the mx 150 for like two years and then they finally made the 250 but it was like a five percent ipc improvement yeah. and then the 350 is like similar like it's just overclocked basically so 
Yeah, I don't know. I I wish they had two. I mean, I have the ZenBook Pro Duo, right? And that, that has the 2060. Mm-hmm. And I have not had any issues like running anything or, you know, I mean, not that I do anything incredibly intensive, but I do use After Effects and Premiere and it's still, you know, it's still running an i9. Um, so it processes things very fast. Yeah. But yeah, it's not really a major issue. But yeah, I wish they had, I wish they had put in that. That, that one in is there too. I think. That one is definitely going to be like the the productivity one, like you're typing yeah, up an I mean, email while while conferencing with somebody, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, I think that they're marketing it more because, right, they have these different categories now. They've mm-hmm. got they've got the Pro Duo, which was like originally targeted at creators, which I'm not really sure what makes it a creator laptop necessarily. Um, but then they've got the Zephyrus Duo, which is the gamer one, which has the more intense graphics. Mm-hmm. even though it's thinner which is kind of weird um and the tilted display and then now they've got the just regular zenbook duo which is like the mx which yeah again i think the mx can play overwatch on like low <laughs> like it's not amazing hey, you um, know, but I it w- is small and very light like fisher has one and i I was messing with it and it's like very tiny and very light very cute which I, Dude, I, I haven't really watched the video and I, I don't know if he if you have heard from him, but what was the battery life like on that? I think that would probably be the the X factor for a laptop like that. I don't know. Okay. I would. Um, yeah, I haven't asked him. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't watched his video yet. That's later. why I don't know. Um, yeah, but, him and him and Kogan both did videos on mm-hmm. it. So, yeah, I haven't watched them well, yet. So I would say that even if even if I'm disappointed that it uses MX graphics, if the battery life is pretty damn good, I mean, yeah. I can see why that might be useful. Yeah, I mean, my ZenBook Pro Duo is definitely like a, a desktop replacement. Yeah, right? exactly. Like I'm not, also, it's hard to use on your lap. Mm-hmm. Whereas the ZenBook Duo, they added a little bit more room between, um, they did a couple things. They added a little more room between the bottom of the keyboard and like the bottom of the like actual bot base of the laptop so that you you do have a little bit of palm area. So on mine, there's no palm area and you kind of have to do this if it's on your lap, which is horrible. And yeah. that's why I use that. It comes, it literally comes with a wrist rest, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but the other one, the angle, cause they changed the angle a little bit. So it's a little bit angled and it has a little bit more space. You can actually like use it on your lap better. It's still like not ideal, but it's better. Yeah. Um, well, the final thing that Asus uh, did announce is a convertible, the Flow X13. It's yeah. uh, it is being marketed <laughs> as an ultra slim gaming two in one. Uh, so the screen will detach. You can use it as a um, wait tablet. You can use it as a tablet. Wait, right? How, wait, no. Is can that... you? Or is this a different one I'm looking at? I think you're looking at a different one. Okay, I think. Yeah, I think it's I it's think just so a, it's just a slim it's just a slim laptop. Which you can, you're talking about the one you can attach the GPU to. Yes. Like the I, well, okay. GPU. So I got confused yeah. because when I saw the term two and one, I think of like your, your surface book, for example, that's what I think of mm-hmm. when I think of two and one, it's my, my apologies. That's, that's, that's different. Okay. Um, what they're saying, well, it's not a detachable screen. It's one that can flip all the way around. That's what it was. Right. Right. right, right. It's there a 360 you. hinge display. Yeah. My bad. I kept thinking of the surface book three, like type. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, the thing is, um, when you look at it, and this is something that I always find interesting about how um, gaming is categorized among products, because when you have something like an ultra white, uh, ultra ultra light, or ultra portable, ultra slim gaming laptop, it always skimps on the internals. So what we have here is the GTX 1650. Now I already said GTX. Some people 
groan. And then I said, 1650, everyone groans. <laughs> it's like... The car is not that bad. It's not. <laughs> I mean, like, it's... it's a, I mean, I can't really talk because I just, I only play Dota, really. So it's like... <laughs> And that's not exactly hard to run, but fair. I, 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 I play Genshin. I, I mean, come on. But um, yeah, yeah, like the 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 sixteen fifty. The reason why I groan is because I did try to use that card in an older MSI. Not older, but last year's. No, I keep saying last year. Two years ago's uh, <laughs> MSI yeah. Prestige fifteen. Did the same thing. And um, yeah, like it's not. It was serviceable for the work we do but it got overloaded quite quickly so that's why i keep thinking to myself if you're doing light gaming on the go but you're mostly doing productivity that's cool but it's clearly mm. stating that real gaming is something you do in place yeah. because of that eGPU. yeah so i don't know it, it, it's a it's an interesting <clears throat> way of categorizing yeah. what gaming is so i think to kind of like put it in context like what this eGPU is for people a little more um most people will probably think of an eGPU as like the Razer Core, which is like a, a physical box and it's very large mm -hmm. that you have a GPU in, like a full size GPU in, and then it's got a, you know, um, PCIe connectors that go through and blah, blah, blah. But this one is like pretty small. It's like a box that's like maybe this big and it's like pretty slim. And it's got a proprietary connector, which is a USB C with like Thunderbolt and then PCIe on it as well. Yeah, it's a pretty and thick plug. Yeah, it's got a fan on it. It's not like huge. It's like it's like fairly. I don't know. It's like that mm -hmm. something. Yeah, but it's got a thirty eighty in it, which is crazy. <laughs> and then it also has like a bazillion ports on it, which is cool. Like yes, and and I think that plays into the like setup thing that you were just talking about. How like when you're gaming, you're def you're generally like, you know, you're set up. You're not gonna be like on your lap. If you're playing it, if you're seriously gaming, general, I mean, generally, you might be, but that's when you turn on Stadia, I guess. Um, I guess that's what I find <laughs> funny, though. That is another thing, too, is that, and we'll get more into that a little bit later when we talk about the Galaxy stuff. Um, mm. But yeah, the I just find it funny because if we were to take gaming specs and apply it to our creator lives, this mm. just won't work because let's say we take let's say uh the eGPU is here at the battle station in my home office mm -hmm. but i take the laptop with me to the office i'm working with less than half the power <laughs> that i yeah you I basically could. have to get two eGPUs if you want to like and imagine if you're traveling you. there are a lot of people who love these gaming laptops because if you're sitting in a hotel room like with not much to do in like newark new jersey yeah. or something like you just want to play games on your yeah. laptop no, I I feel like in this case, and oh, here's the other thing too, the attachment GPU with the 3080 and all the ports costs the same amount basically as the laptop. <laughs> so it's like you're buying two laptops and it's going to cost you like four grand in the end. And it's like for the versatility, I would just buy a, either a G14 or like a, like a Zephyrus something or g15 you know, like, even like you know yeah you could buy a g15 and it would still be way cheaper and yeah. like i just don't think especially with the amd gpus that have pretty good battery life anyway like the only reason like why people i mean it's both the thinness and the battery life that people call things port productivity like that's what defines the productivity category really is mm -hmm. like thinness and battery life but the g15 is like not g14 and g15 are not that thick like they're pretty small for what they are. They have good battery life. They have really good performance and they can play most games pretty well. They're not 3080s, obviously. Yep. Um, and and like, you know, having all of those ports is pretty amazing. Like when I when I worked at Intel, we had Lenovo, Yo uh, Lenovo 
God, what were they? Um, the the little the ones with the little nibs the that think they pad. bought. ThinkPads. We had the ThinkPads, and we had these docks with similar, pretty much exactly the same like situation. Proprietary connector that you put in the ThinkPad that was permanently attached to our desk that was attached to two monitors, and it gave you like a bazillion ports. So you use the ThinkPad regularly when you're like you know roaming around campus and like working remotely and going to the data center. But when you got back to your laptop, you'd have more power, you'd have way more ports, and you could connect to the display. So like, yeah, I get that. I just I think most people are not going to be like that. I think most people should just get a slightly thicker laptop <laughs> that has more power built in. Like, yeah. especially especially because the AMD uh, CPUs are so good. Yeah, like, and this is this is yet another. This supports my other idea that gaming laptops like this that have these sort of like weird mentalities in mind. This is what a creator laptop should be like. Yeah. Right. Like right. we take the 14 inch laptop, we go to a coffee shop one weekend, and um type up the script, come back to the battle station, edit that video, you know, and that makes more sense to me than like trying to game weirdly, like in a, in a lower powered state elsewhere and then coming back and playing control or uh, cyberpunk, you know? And the funny thing is that's kind of what these MacBook M1s kind of cheat physics at is Mm -hmm. that they can both go to the coffee shop and write your script and then come back and edit your video, your especially video, if yeah. you do final, if you, especially if you use Final Cut, which I still need to learn. <laughs> um, but like, and export, and it still has half battery left. <laughs> like, right? um, that's the crazy thing about these things. And I think that's going to be the shift in computing in the next few years. But obviously, like, for everything else, I think, I think the multi-core, multi-thread, like AMD chips are just kind of like, they're like the bridge. They're like bridging the gap between like traditional intel chips that use a lot of power but are pretty fast and then the m1 chips that are like sit very low power you know they're like these in between so anyway yeah i'm I'm just really excited because asus is definitely a quite an innovative company and they're not really afraid to like they know who they are you know they're they're not afraid to be like pretty out there but but they still make really cool products and they're not really gimmicky like the products they end up making end up being actually functional Mm -hmm. which is something i appreciate a lot uh like with the pro duo or the duo 15 uh it took a couple of generations but yeah we got to a point where they are actually quite useful and i'm i'm that i keep using the word like not facetiously i'm I'm, this is is almost satirical in a way i'm that idiot that plays the game on the main screen and has youtube playing on the second screen like i'm that guy (laughs) so yeah i mean that would have been me like in college so i used to just yeah, I used to watch YouTube videos while doing literally everything. But yeah, I'm still now. It's person. literally like I'll play Dota on the top screen and then have Telegram open on the bottom screen, and literally between deaths or while I'm just running in a direction, I'll like switch to the other screen, type a few things, and then just jump back. And it's so much better than alt tabbing, than like trying to find what window you're using. Like, totally, it's so useful. I just yeah, I just thought it was. Funny. I don't want to let it go. I just thought <laughs> I'm so sad. <laughs> I just thought it was funny. Um, one of the best applications of that scenario would be like Among Us and Discord, but it's funny because you don't need a laptop this powerful to play Among Us. 
Right. <laughs> that's that just kind of it's on mobile now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Exactly. Well, um, yeah, that was sort of the main. We D- David and I talked a little bit before the show, and we both agreed ASUS is definitely the one we want to talk about from our CES experiences. Yeah. Um, there are there were some other laptop uh, uh, announcements. Uh, I talked with Nick regarding the Nick Gray from Fandroid regarding the LG Grams. Mm-hmm. Um, still always mm-hmm. really interesting, but I think if it's going to be that light, it should also like, they haven't really married the super light laptop with high battery life yet. Yeah. They haven't quite hit that mark, but yeah, aside from all of that, Asus was definitely the one that caught our eye the most, but with that said, we're going to go ahead and get into a short break and we'll get into the crux of this episode, which is of course, unpacked, which happened was it yesterday? It was yesterday, yep. wasn't it? Yesterday, yeah. And it feels yeah, like yesterday. it feels like a long time ago, but then again, I yeah, did not I get a lot of sleep. <laughs> Unpacked. There's a lot to unpack here. Uh, so we have ourselves yeah. the new S21s, and um, I did record a little bit right before we like officially started the show, where we were complaining about having to say Galaxy S21 a ton. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna include that as like a tag or something. But the, okay. <laughs> uh, it's true. Like we have three different versions of the Galaxy S21 line. Um, yeah, regular 21, 21 That's plus. That's the S21. That's the S21 right there, uh, with the two tone, which looks dope. Yeah. Um, and then in your hands is the S21 Ultra in the, uh, <laughs> in the, yeah. so they, they pulled a Huawei, they, they pulled a Huawei. Remember the Huawei pre-briefing where they talked about green for like an hour? Yeah. So, Samsung did the same thing with Phantom Black for some reason. Oh my gosh. It's um, just matte black. But it does look good. I will tell you, and I told you about this beforehand, it looks infinitely better in my, what? My lighting in here for my softbox makes them look kind of similar, but they're not. <laughs> here, wait. Yeah. No, yeah, no, we can so see it. It's definitely like a matte, right? Mm-hmm. It's matte. It looks way classier, way better. This looks tacky. Like, I just, I never liked the look of the S20 Ultra, and it, it like, I don't know, this gloss, glossy is, who, why would you put glossy on anything? It's a terrible idea. Almost nothing looks good with, with glossy material well it's funny that you know whenever whenever a company gets radical when it comes to their design languages like it's it's something like that it's like oh now it's matted but you know if you (laughs) ask me we in the u.s we miss out on true design on the fun stuff on the fun stuff i'm trying to reach for one of these phones hold on like the onion edition uh oppo phones or or the or the Ooh, cyberpunk yeah. 2077 OnePlus. i mean come on now i i have yeah. this for maybe like two yeah. more days so i gotta i gotta finish this up that's, but yeah that's dope we need yeah. more phones like this but anyway before we get too far into that too much of a tangent um th- before we even get to the phones i do want to talk a little bit about the other announcement they made which is uh these little earbuds the galaxy buds pro have you been testing them out a whole lot? No, Lily okay. is doing the Buds Pro. Oh, okay. Yeah, shouts out to Lily yeah. over at Sound Guys. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Buds Pro, I think in a nutshell, this is the way that I'll characterize it because I'm I'm finishing up my review today on them. Mm-hmm. They are the best earbuds Samsung has ever made. Um, so I I want to look back at like the two last generations of Buds. So let's start. I grabbed mine (laughs) i don't have any beans but i have i have the buds and i have the buds plus okay so the original buds are one thing i kind of put them aside because if you ask me when the buds plus came out they were way more interesting yes they were way more interesting especially for the battery life the 11 hours that you can have yeah i remember literally testing that out i had at least one earbud in 
an entire day. My ear was so sore after that, but <laughs> yeah. it did work. I got at least nine hours, which was crazy. Um, and then the Buds Live, which I'm trying to think of other earbuds that did what the Buds Live did, which is introduce an like the op open ear. the open earbud design. So, okay, I kind of noticed this recently. So the Pixel Buds, right? The Pixel Buds are the buggiest piece of crap headphones I've ever used, but they're also my favorite, if that makes any sense. Uh, I think the audio quality of the Pixel Buds is really good. The fit of the Pixel Buds is really good. And in relation to that like open back, it's different, right? But I noticed um, I've been exercising at home a lot. And when I have the like buds plus in my ear it creates this weird seal yeah so if i move if i'm jumping or moving around a lot you get this weird like resonance um kind of like a pressure whereas the pixel buds they don't really like put a seal on your ear so they're still in your ear and you still hear everything well but it's it, there's no like weird pressure thing um because that and so I, yeah yeah i don't know if it's just like it doesn't form fit to the in the interior cavity or of your ear or whatever, but it it feels better. And I know I know that's not the same thing technically as like an open ear headphone. Mm -hmm. Um but it's closer, right? So yeah. so the, yeah. the the Buds Pro kind of try to marry the two. So you have the you have the seal because it uses the rubber tip, but mm. you also get or silicone tip. And uh they still put in like a really tiny like two millimeter vent on the inside. Mm. So what happens is you still get the seal. And when you turn on the ANC, you do get a good level of immersion. It's not going to be like the Sony WFs where when you put them in and you turn on ANC with nothing playing, the whole world like fades away. It's not quite that. Um, it gets close. But then mm. that vent comes in handy when you turn on the ambient sound, which I think Samsung right now are the kings of ambient sound. They have the best sounding ones because yeah. there's a there's a there's a level, a special level of ambient sound that actually amplifies what's around you, which is significant because there are times when even when you have ambient sound on any other earbud, it's hard to talk to people still. You still have the mm -hmm. impulse to take it out of your ears. How do you compare it? How would you compare it to like the AirPods Pro? I think that they're actually quite similar, but the ambient sound of the Buds Pro, of the Galaxy Buds Pro, I think are what it's put better. it over the top for me. Interesting. The ANC yeah. is good enough. If you're a huge audiophile type or if you're really like discerning about your ANC, you're probably not looking for it in Buds anyway. Yeah, yeah. So I, I yeah. think it's kind of. I think it's a little harsh to make that such a key comparison point. Uh, yeah. But the Buds Pro, I think it's $50 less than the AirPods Pro. And for the level of software and features that they put in, I think it's a really well-rounded package that anyone can I've, get into. I've heard a lot of really good things about them. Um, I would definitely be interested in them trying them out myself because I honestly did, re I really like the Galaxy Buds Plus. Um, and when not for exercise, but for like everything else. Like if yeah. I'm walking around, like I really like them just because of that like seal that they create on my ear. Yep. Um, the pixel buds kind of like slip out of my ear sometimes and I have to keep kind of resetting them. Well, but, that's the um, thing. That's the only part that I feel like I, I don't like about these is that the Buds Plus mm -hmm. kind of had a, they had a little bit of a wing. Um, yeah. But the yeah, Pro yeah, yeah. don't come with that. They at don't. All. Nope. Interesting. So okay. it's literally just a tiny little earbud that they've been able to engineer quite well, given the tiny amount of space they had. Uh, yeah. So I give them a lot of credit for it. And mm -hmm. 
I do think that for most people, I could. I the fact that you can connect these to any Android phone now means that I'll probably come back to these more often than not. Yeah. Um. It right. was funny. I did my testing on these on the FE, which, by the way, coming back to the FE, I was reminded of just how much of a triumph that phone is. Um. Like I really enjoyed the Galaxy S twenty FE. Uh. But I had to use it there. Oh, yeah, there you go, the box. <laughs> so I had to use it there because the software wasn't Hello. quite available um, in more phones yet. But once the announcement happened at Unpacked, all of a they sudden pushed on, it out. they pushed it out. So my Zenfone 7 now has a Galaxy wearable app in it. <laughs> mm, yeah, so I was like, right, this is right. kind of funny. Anyway, yeah. um, going from the Galaxy Buds Pro, let's get into the phones. So okay. Galaxy S21, 21 Plus, and 21 Ultra. You right now, I don't have my units yet. Um, yeah. unfortunately, uh, but you have had a little bit of time with, well, all of them, technically all of them. Yeah. yeah. I had a hands-on time and then they sent me the 21 and 21 ultra, but I can, I only have time to review one because I only have so much time in my life. So I have, <laughs> I shipped out the 21 to see Scott Brown, uh, to review, which is kind of sad cause I like the color of that one, but, um, and then I have the ultra, which I'm going to do the full review on, which Honestly, and I'll kind of preface this whole conversation, but the Ultra is, is definitely the one that I feel like Samsung is going to be pushing this oh, yeah. year. So um, let's get some thoughts from you from uh, yeah. about the Ultra. So we're, we'll talk about the Ultra, and then we'll talk a little bit about the sort of implications of, of going yeah, between okay. the three after that. Okay. So, yeah. So the Ultra, there are quite a few improvements um, this year because without using too strong of language the s20 ultra was not worth buying <laughs> like for so many reasons it was really overpriced it was 1300 um like he had the same processor as the other s20s which is like sure they all do but like the main thing that made it ultra was the large amount of ram which like cool you know you can you can flag apps to always be in memory so they launch faster, which mm -hmm. is fine. Um, but the main thing, obviously, is the cameras. And you can see right there, there's a 100x space zoom right on the branding of the phone where they didn't do that this year with the, uh, with the Ultra, which is funny to me. Um, but there were so many problems with this, right? Um, there, they had their first 108 megapixel cam uh, sensor in this. And in this phone, it had a lot of problems. Um, the focus was a huge problem yep, because it that. was using phase detect autofocus and it just couldn't focus on anything. Like it, I, you could hold something up to it and it would just jump between the background and the foreground just like constantly. It was like so bad. It was really hard to take photos. Of, and like Samsung put out all these releases that said, we're issuing a software update to fix it. It's coming in the next month. It's coming in the next month. And like, Technically, one came out and it made it a little better, but it's still not great. Um, and then they, the other thing was obviously the 100x zoom. Um, now, they used a 4x optical telephoto camera on here, which you can know because when you're in the camera app, there's the wide 1x, 4x, 5x, 10x, 30x, 100x. Um, and, and when you go to 4x, it gets the clearest. And then it gets muddy again and whatever. Yeah. Um, Once you go but, past, I think, 10, that was when it would just didn't really feel useful. Yeah. 30 was okay still. Yeah. Um, and it was pretty decent. But like 100x, 
like it just it was so gimmicky on this at the time because one it was just so muddy like any photos you took photo like anything you would take photos of it was just like it looked totally awful um two it was extremely hard to like take a photo like stably like focus mm -hmm. on anything because like it has ois in the t in the 4x telephoto but it's using a combination of of the lenses it's using a combination of the 108 megapixel sensor which can basically just do a super crop and pull in information and the 4x optical telephoto lens to create that zoom image but if you like you know no one is perfectly stable and it would just be like the image would look like this on the display like it would just kind of like <laughs> so just shudder around like crazy um and then huawei released the huawei p40 pro plus which had a 10x optical telephoto sensor also did it um 100x zoom mm -hmm. i think or maybe it was 60 high level i can't remember it was a lot of zoom i did a zoom comparison huawei kind of beat them out because they had the 10x optical telephoto sensor and 10x looked freaking really good because it's optical obviously you're losing light because it's like a folded sensor and the light travels along the path and it loses amplification but you know, so the aperture is smaller and whatever, but it's still like if you, especially if you use it outside, like it's quite good. So then this year, um, they fixed a lot of things. Like they're like, <laughs> okay, the focus sucked, so let's add a uh, time of flight sensor, laser guided autofocus. Um, you've got wide angle camera, the main 108 megapixel camera. I'm not sure which is which, but um, I think it's like I think that's the wide. The main is like the top. That one is the 3x optical. So they've got a 3x optical telephoto and a 10x optical telephoto. Mm -hmm. So I love this because I feel like on a lot of phones, you only have like one optical telephoto sensor, right? And like, I feel like 3x is generally like for most everyday use is generally what people need to use. Like between three to four um, Phones came out like the Oppo Find X2 Pro, which had the 5x optical telephoto sensor, and like, cool, it's further and it's optical, but sometimes it was like too much. Like, you didn't want that. Yeah. And if you pull back at all, it's going to be way worse quality. Mm -hmm. So, having both the 3x optical and the 10x optical, I think, is amazing because it can use information from both sensors to like make the in between smoother too, um, which is cool. And then the 10x optical obviously looks really good, and the 100x is going to look way better because it has um, an optical telephoto sensor again instead of just using like a software crop or like artificial information um the other big thing yeah or do you want to make a comment i was gonna make I... a quick comment like how how does that have you noticed a an improvement in video for zoom though uh not yet but i only got this like yesterday afternoon yeah. okay. and I've been working because yeah, that was I my main really thing. I remember, I remember with the S twenty Ultra, I would zoom in to like thirty. I think thirty was the max you could do in video. And the moment yeah. I got there, it was just like, why would I ever? Like yeah. you can just barely tell that's a duck. <laughs> like, right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna test this like pretty extensively this weekend. Like yeah. I'm not taking time off until this review is out. But um, uh, anyway. The other thing that they fixed, so they, they fixed the, the focus with the laser guided yeah. time of flight sensor. Oh, and the, um, the ultra white has a fo has autofocus as well, which to me, yes. they kind of glossed over that. Just They just made it part of the macro part, but having autofocus in a wide, I think is a great thing. I also, and I need to double check this, but I also think that they said that the front 
camera has face detect autofocus now. I don't know about face detect, but Samsung phones have had autofocus on the front. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So cool. there is autofocus. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, anyway, the, yeah. So the other thing that they fixed, the final thing, well, besides the design, because obviously the design's way better, but the other thing that they fixed is the stabilization mm-hmm. when you're zoomed in quite a bit. They pulled the pixel. It's so much better. Like, yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> um, it's so much better. They, they're, I think they're doing some sort of like warp stabilize, like live warp stabilize because it's probably, I probably can't show you really live, but um, basically when you zoom in a lot, say to like 100x or something below that, it shows a preview. And the S20 Ultra did this too. It shows you a little mini preview in the top right yeah. that has like a, a scope, <laughs> basically like a, a crosshair. And it'll, if you try to be state, like it'll just show you. And then if you try to be stable after like a second or two, it'll turn yellow. And that means that like the uh, shake shake protection or like mm-hmm. shake assist is on and then when you and then it it's it's fairly stable like it basically stabilizes it on two axes so if you like if you do any like basic movement like this the image won't move on the phone yeah because it's, so it's think, locking into that it locks into that and it does like a slight extra crop right mm-hmm. it does a slight extra crop which allows it to like stay on a section even if you're kind of like moving the phone like as long as you don't do like this, even if you do like that, it'll still look exactly the same on the display. Yeah. And it is it is leagues better. It's it's still not like perfect. It's still not like like it's literally on a tripod and not moving, but it is like way better. And the ability to actually take photos of things at 100x I'm excited about. I don't know what the quality is going to be like. Um I'm going to go out into like the city tomorrow or something and try to take pictures of buildings from far away and see how it looks because the you know, I oh man, watch my S twenty Ultra review because like those images are so bad. <laughs> like, like the MetLife building, I take photos of. You have a lot that you can actually take pictures of out there. Um, like yeah, just kind of good cityscape, cityscape of, uh, stuff. Mm-hmm. Which I mean is overdone here because so many people are in New York um, who review these things. Oh but, sure, that's true. Um, um, what what else yeah, have you noticed? I would prefer from... to do the Seattle mountainscape. I prefer that. <laughs> I wish I could do something in LA, but Mount I've been. Hood. I've been basically isolating because cases in LA are going so yeah. nuts. Um, the fact that they literally say, if you leave your house, you can just assume you're exposed. I was like, what? <laughs> like, that's not, Jesus. that's not a cool thing to say at all. That's insane. Holy crap. Um, so who yeah, knows when I get my units, hopefully very soon, I think probably this weekend. Um, yeah. I, uh, I don't know where I'm going to go. I, I have no idea. I'm going to a hundred times zoom into a flower in the backyard. Like it's going <laughs> to, <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm taking a little bit of time um, off soon and I'm just planning on, driving in a direction so hopefully i can you know take yeah. some cool photos it'll be after the review but um, yeah you know well the- fisher and kogan and i are planning to do something fun to test the cameras out whether or not it's just right around the city um outside and you know take pictures of buildings i always get so envious of your road trips seriously um but in any case yeah. the uh what else about the phone because there are a couple of pain points that i did talk about uh, potential pain points, um, okay. which uh, it were in my concerns video. And I love sure. how people just immediately see the word concerns and they think I'm an asshole or something. But um, it's just that, okay, there's nothing wrong with 25 watt charging, but Samsung themselves have gotten up to 45. And I, they got uh, to 45, though. Do you remember what happened last year what? and how like Sasha Segan basically like exposed them? So, 
the difference between the 25 watt charger and the 45 watt charger last year, I think it only, it would only do 45 watts for like 2%. And then it would switch to 25 watt or something like that. Really? I, I don't remember this. Yeah. It was there. There's a Twitter thread that Sasha Segan made that kind of blew up and there's a bunch of articles about it. Mm. But if you, if you charge two S20 ultras back to back on a 45 watt charger and a 25 watt charger, the 45 watt finishes like two minutes faster. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's not, it's not like, so I think what happened is like Samsung doesn't feel confident in their like thermals or their battery. They're probably still being careful because of the whole Note 7 battery thing. And oh, they sure. don't want that to happen again. But I guess we're just um, kind of spoiled because we, we do work with a lot. Of we are because of all the Chinese phones exactly. that are amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For the battery. Yeah. And like, like my, the Oppo. Yeah. The Oppo and the, the Xiaomi's and all of that. I mean, yeah. even my trusty uh, Zenfone 7, which is what I literally 30 call watts. now. 30 watts, yeah. you know, and yeah. I literally use it because there are times, some people were saying in my video that who doesn't uh, charge their phone overnight anyway? And I'm like, what's funny is all these blanket statements people make, you know, and yeah. it's like, well, how, why wouldn't you just use a case? And I'm like, not everyone uses a case. Like, right. Not. Yeah. It, yeah. If if a blanket statement can be made in one direction, you can make it in the other direction too. Yeah, like not everyone exactly. uses a case. Anyway, yeah. I I do get spoiled when I review some of these phones that have VOOC or warp charging, for example, mm-hmm. because yeah, sometimes I fall asleep, and when I wake up, my battery yeah. is at fifteen percent. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, or if you travel a lot, or like sometimes you just forget. Like it's it's just yeah, but I I think I think it's a dual problem here. Right? I I um. I came up with this idea recently that I, that I had Brian make a video on that maybe the charging speed wars are going to die out. And the reasoning would be mostly due to the fact that chargers are not being included in boxes anymore. True. So Apple, like this is, this is a thing, right? Like when Apple finally moved to 18 watt charging, finally on the iPhone 11 series, um, it was like, awesome, great. It's faster. but then they pulled then they pulled it and like every time a pixel a new pixel comes out and it's still 18 watts i'm like guys we have been 18 watts literally since the pixel one and like on the pixel one that was super fast but it's not anymore and then now that manufacturers are starting to take chargers out of the box like apple did it first and then xiaomi did it they'll still ship you a 65 watt charger if you ask for it for free but otherwise you know it doesn't come in the box and then Samsung took took it out of the box for their phones. What's the incentive for them to sell you a to give you a faster charge or to sell faster chargers? You know, now like I don't know. I feel like that whole race is just going to be like stunted because of what Apple did. Um, either way, either way, I still think twenty five watt wired charging as the max kind of sucks, especially for the Ultra. I feel like they should. It, if they were only going to, they made a lot of features exclusive to the ultra this year. And yeah. I think they should have done 45 watt. Like they could have sold the charger for $40, whatever they wanted. There to should do, have been like, something is my point. Yeah. Because no matter yeah. how you look at it, the ultra, when you use it to its fullest extent, you're not going to get two days battery life. You just won't. Yeah. And, and you know, it's crazy. I was, yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. Oh uh, yeah. yeah uh, it's just because you get largely the same, you get like the same processor with the other phones, but it's yeah. on the ultra that you have like the higher powered, cameras you have more ram you're probably going to do more and it's got a bigger screen mm-hmm. quad hd 120 right like so yeah these are all yeah. things that will drain that battery and that's kind of the point i was trying to make is like there are going to be times there will be times where you want to top up real quick 
And yeah. leaving the house after a 15-minute charge that only got you to 55% is not going to be ideal. Yeah. And I will tell you, even from... I Today's the first full day that I've, like, tested the Ultra, and I didn't even unplug it until, like, 10 a.m. Or, ten yeah, 10 a.m. And it's 6 p.m. now, and it's at 67%. So, like, that's fine, but I definitely expected better. Um especially because it has that dynamic uh, AMOLED display that can go down to 10 hertz, but it, mm. depending on the use case you're using. But yeah, I was really hoping, and I don't know if like, it's kind of weird that like Asus and a couple other like Asian brands are the only one, well, I guess Samsung's Asian, they're, they're Korean, but yeah. like, you know, Asus is Vietnamese. Taiwan, so Taiwan, like Asus is Taiwan. Ta Taiwanese, sorry. So Taiwan and China are the ones that usually like yeah. go above and beyond. But like Asus, in the in the ROG phones, put the six thousand milliamp hour battery, and mm -hmm. I don't know if anyone else has really done. Correct me if I'm wrong. I don't know if there are any uh, other phones that Poco. really do six thousand. Poco. Mm -hmm. the okay, M they have a six thousand. Weirdly, the M3, the cheapest phone, had a six thousand milliamp hour battery. <laughs> that's weird. <laughs> um, yeah, but like that's the thing, right? Like last year, the Ultra also had a five thousand, and so they didn't bump it. And like, cool, but. I don't know. I, I would have liked to see like fifty five hundred. Like go, and that's a, that's the weird thing. I, I think there's this, there's going to be a lot of dissent, and this this will definitely bleed more into our conversation about the regular S twenty one and S twenty one plus because those are the most divisive phones this year. Well, for yeah, sure. that's, that, let's jump into it for our last like ten fifteen. Sure. Okay. Well, I'll bleed into that with with the last ending thing in this. Go ahead. There's no micro SD card expansion. So now, and I like personally, I'm like whatever, you know, I feel like starting at 128 gigabytes is fine for most people mm -hmm. paired with cloud. But at the same time, there are people out there that definitely really like micro SD card expansion. So, well, I will say this for those people, they're probably the ones who are right now still using like the note eight. So it's yeah. probably three years in that they have to have a micro SD card to offload. Yeah. Uh, that's true stuff you know that, i know my parents are like that they've they they do that all the time um yeah so i get that in that case you know and we have we have pretty fast turnarounds with phones so we don't really fill up the storage quite as much so you yeah. know i will i will play the uh, devil's advocate in that case yeah no i totally like i mean the pixel 4a launched with 128 gigs of storage right mm -hmm. like i think now that the baseline of storage is hitting 128 that's going to be totally fine for most people but again you know 16 gigabytes used to be fine for most people and storage does evolve and gets higher quality. And like, have you ever tried to like move a 4k video, like from your phone to your computer? It's like a lot of data. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's it a lot. Forever. It's way, it takes forever. Yeah. It's, it's, it's crazy. So you could, if you, if you're someone who shoots a lot of videos, you could fill that up. Mm -hmm. um, but anyway, I used to feel like Samsung, you know, Samsung phones used to be like the everything phone. They had the headphone jack, they had micro SD card expansion. They had, um, QHD plus displays and, um, you know, they just had everything right. And so that's where we get into the S 21 and the S 21 plus. Um, now the core issue here, obviously is that the S 20 and S 20 plus were too expensive. The regular S 20 started at $9.99. And, uh, I remember and that then, announcement. It was so weird. We all looked at each yeah. other like, what? For the small one. It was yeah. like $200 more than the year before. And the only way they and padded that was by saying that the S10 line was still there. And we were like, Re yeah, really? That though? was their excuse. It was like, yes, you could still buy the S10. It's cheaper. It's like, <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. And so, and then this year they got so much 
like 2020 was like the year of the mid-range phone, but also the year of the mid-range priced flagship phone in a way. And, you know, I hate to, I hate to do this, but like every, everyone in the industry kind of has to bow down to whatever Apple does. Right. I mean, that's exactly why they're removing the, the charger. The charger. Yeah. Apple sells a flagship, um, iPhone 12 mini $700 phone with a flagship processor, a really good display, the same like body design, the same cameras, um, besides the telephoto, like it is a flagship phone and it is $700 and Samsung, they didn't have like an E version last year, right? Like, uh, with the S 10 series, they had the S 10, the S 10 plus the S 10 E, which was like $700, mm-hmm. you know, it was. I don't remember if it was plastic or not, but it had one less camera. It was a slightly cheaper looking design, but it was still really good. Um, and then they had the S10 Plus 5G, which was like $1,300 and it was huge. And yeah, 5.1 5G meant an extra $200. <laughs> right, yeah. Now all phones are 5G. Um, but uh, anyway, so last year they didn't have an e-version, right? They were just like, we're going to introduce the Ultra and then we're going to have S20, S20 Plus, and then Ultra. Uh, but now Apple has like so many, they have a phone at like every price point. They have the, um, God, what's it called? The iPhone, the iPhone SE 2020. Yeah, iPhone SE, then you have the- For 400, uh, and then you've got the mini. And then you go up from and there. Then, and then if you go to last year's phones, you can buy an 11 Pro still, and that's like 600 or something. So mm-hmm. they've got a phone at like every price point. Um, but, so Samsung couldn't, they needed a cheaper option, right? But they also didn't want to like resign themselves to kind of making their phones seem cheap. So with the S21 and S21 Plus, they're basically the exact same phone, except that the S21 is glastic. That's the main difference, right? And to Samsung's credit, the glastic is is quite good. It's way better than it was in the A51 or the A yeah, the A51 that I reviewed. Um some people will still look at that though, and they'll see the word plastic, and they're just going to just shut off though. And yeah, that, that, I think yeah. that's the issue that I have with with not the issue, but I think that's the issue people will have with these phones because I'm actually excited to get my hands on the regular S21. I want to see what a 700 is it 799. I want to see what a 799 yeah. phone from them will actually feel like, and if this is what 799 is valued at by Samsung, if it's still a good experience, it's still a good experience. But I get mm-hmm. where people are going to have pain points because. Uh, 4,000 milliamp hour battery. Okay, fine. Um, plastic backing. Okay, fine. Uh, it's really the screen that kind of irks me a little bit because going back down to 1080, I get that most things are just 1080. So having higher resolution is not that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. And having high refresh on the 1080 is a good thing. But still, like when you look at it, I guess the way that I worded it is that Samsung pulled a Pro Max. Like mm. they put everything in the Ultra that you would want. But if you only want one of those five premium things, you have to stomach the other four. Yeah. What would you say in the Pro Max is the thing that you need? Probably for me, for somebody like me, I would want the cameras. Mm. And that's the same thing with the Pro Max. It's the reason why I even have an iPhone 12 Pro Max is because I do want the cameras, even if the jump is not as wide as people expected it to be, it's still the best camera. And I want mm. the best camera. So in doing that, I have to do two things. I have to I have to get used to a big phone. And we all know I'm not the biggest fan of big phones. But I yeah. also have to swallow the pill of 1299 
Um, and in this case, it's eleven ninety nine for the uh, S twenty one Ultra. Yeah. So that's another one. That's another thing that I think they did on purpose was that they they undercut the Pro Max quite on purpose, right? Mm-hmm. Isn't it like a hundred dollars cheaper? I think so. Uh, yeah, if I remember yeah. correctly. But you know what? I have to give Samsung a lot of credit, and I usually do with every release, even if there are some missteps. And last year's S twenty Ultra was like there were many missteps. It was clear that they knew. Like they, it was clear that it was still a very premium experience. This time around, if the rough edges are smoothed out, like with the autofocus and with uh, the design and all of that, then yeah, we might have a real winner on our hands. When mm-hmm. I think about the specific usage um, that I would put it through, I'm actually really excited to see if that, if this is the creator phone I've been waiting for. Mm. You know, because yeah. 4K 60 across the board, that director mode really has me very interested. The director's yeah, view. the director mode is cool. The yeah. director's view is cool. Um, and that is something that was only enabled by the Snapdragon 888, actually. Indeed. So because the third ISP that they added. So mm-hmm. that's that's very useful. They don't have a lot of unique software features. They did director's mode and then they did um, single take 2.0. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, which adds a couple. But things, I will say so. this though. I've, I've you you'll probably confirm this and we, we will confirm this in our own units later on. But I bet you the single take still only does 1080 because that was the case last year. Most likely. Most likely, right? <laughs> yeah. So there's it. always those little missteps. But anyway, yeah. I think the main thing that the main reason why I still look at this line and I and I see this huge disparity is because there are going to be those users who look at the S21 and think, oh, that's actually not a bad price. But then they're going to see what's missing and they're going yeah. to have the FOMO. So uh, if yeah. you if you have the FOMO, are you really gonna want to stomach that four hundred dollar for four hundred dollar premium? Yeah. I mean, here's the other thing too, right? Is that the S21 and S21 Plus are almost, besides the SOC, like that, the 888 is the one main thing that's really good about them. And also the design is much nicer than the S20 series, in my opinion. Um, but besides that, they're actually kind of worse because they're 1080, they're FHD displays, mm-hmm. FHD Plus. Uh, so you're not getting the, the QHD Plus displays that you got on the S20 and S21, S20 Plus. Um, and then they don't have micro SD card expansion, whereas the other ones did. And then the they have the exact same camera systems as the S20 series. And then the S21 is plastic, which is going to piss a lot of people off, right? And like, sure, they're cheaper, right? It's like, it's like $800 and $1,000 as opposed to $1,000 and $1,200. Like, they're $200 cheaper. But I'm like a big proponent of like buying last year's flagship. And mm-hmm. I feel like last year's flagships in this case, except for the 888, are better and they're going to be cheaper, right? Like they're going to be quite a bit cheaper, I think. Do you think um do you think that people will look at the S21? And I'm talking the lowest model, right? I'm talking mm-hmm. the S21. Do you think they'll look at it the way that people looked at the Note 20 and said that the Note 20 had no business existing? <laughs> um It's hard to say kind of yeah, there I might mean, be reasons to right, you know, because I, I think the only pass we're yeah. giving it is that it's seven ninety nine. Yeah, yeah, I think that's like their whole value prop, mm-hmm. kind of. Um, I don't know. It's it's hard. I I just feel like the phones are a little bit of a a misstep, but at the same time, they had to do this, right? Oh, sure, they couldn't. Sure. They couldn't release a nine ninety nine and a in a 1199 phone again because if they did 
Apple would have eaten their lunch. It would have been um, it would have been way more controversial to go at those yeah. price points for FHD and plastic. <laughs> it would have been way right. worse. Also, um, the Ultra is now eleven ninety nine, which is a hundred dollars cheaper than the Ultra was last year, yep. and the Ultra this year is significantly better than the Ultra last year. Yeah. So again, I think those are directions where, or those are things that make the Ultra seem like the better deal, right? Um, so I don't know. It's it's hard. I it just like I personally don't really care if a, if a display is like FHD plus or QHD plus, but that's something a lot of people are gonna probably bring up the the spec sheet people are gonna are gonna really hone in on that Um, yeah they're gonna hone in on that all right well the micro seeker expansion though is kind of a bummer like i don't know you know what you know what though give me give me one second what's up i gotta i gotta bring this phone out i found this phone today that i haven't looked at in a long time (laughs) and i'm like this thing is great so one sec okay go ahead that I, I don't know if I'm going to cut out the silence, uh, but yeah, uh, David's grabbing a phone. He's he's been going through inventory recently, so um, <laughs> and that's something we all, all have right. to do. I have like ten phones in front of me right now. This boy, mm. right here. I took this thing out of the box today, the and S10 I was like, Plus. "Dude, this thing is awesome!" Yeah, like one as he drops it. <laughs> all right, it's okay. <laughs> Okay, but like, okay, one, the color was and is still slick. Yep. It's it's thin. very thin. It's quite thin, but it's not like, you know, I think the design is good. Like, I kind of like how the camera looks and, and whatever. Um, it feels really, really nice in your hand. Like, and I looked at, I turned this on today and the display is really nice. And it's got a freaking headphone jack. Yep. It's got expandable storage. It's got three cameras. Like. My S10 yes. Plus. <laughs> I love this thing. It's cool. My S10 Plus with a D brand skin on it is still one of those phones that I just can't bring myself to give up. Like it's still yeah. there. And if I, if, if let's say, uh, I hope this never happens, but like if let's say my house burned down and that was the phone I had left, like I, I would feel like, okay, at least I can, at least I'm not deprived. You know, this is still a right. good phone to have. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I agree with you. The S10 Plus was, was definitely a high point. This is this is one of my, I think this is my favorite Samsung phone that they've ever made, in my opinion. And uh, I even called the the review of this almost Apex because I thought it was like one of going to be one of their best like designs in a while. Mm-hmm. So anyway, that that's a side tangent. I mean, like you know, obviously very different design cues, but. Yeah. I think this is a great looking phone. You and I are anyway. on the same page because you remember that my favorite, probably my favorite Samsung phone is still the Note 10, the smaller phone. Yeah. So right. that one I still love. Right. That one, that one's going to my mom. Like, so she's, she's really, she's really stoked on it. And I just taught yeah. her, okay, I didn't just teach her. I taught her a long time ago how to use the S Pen as a shutter button. And she only recently remembered that. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, mom, what yeah. the heck? No, the, she the uses small it red Note 10 was it's, amazing. I love the. It's the cutest thing to see somebody where they're holding the camera. They're holding the phone to where their thumb could easily hit the shutter. But they button, just take the pen out anyway. Yeah. I know. It's always my mom in a nutshell right there. <laughs> yeah. 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 All right. Well, uh, Samsung, like we will be doing all of our content on, on all mm. of that. I, I, I know for a fact that Jaime has his review units and he's like mm. getting into them right now. 
Uh, mine are still on the way, so hopefully they'll, they'll be pretty quick with it. Uh, in any case, David, you are going to be working on these, and I want you to let yep. everybody know where to find it when it happens. Yes, um, my review will be on AndroidAuthority.com and YouTube.com slash AndroidAuthority. Uh, probably like a 4,000-word review and then a long video because these are big phones, especially the Ultra. There's like so much to talk about. It's always camera. It's always camera. Yeah. Um, and then follow me on Twitter, twitter.com slash dervidml. And um, my website's davidml.com if you want to go there which I mostly just have personal photography and stuff, but I also got some of my work stuff. Oh, yeah, but anybody that follows you on Twitter or Instagram knows, like, it's good stuff. So they know to check out your photography. In any case, that would be uh, all of David's stuff, and he, of course, is linked in the show notes. David, thank you again for being on. Um, Had to make sure to have somebody on who actually had the phones. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Uh, But yeah, yeah, next week we'll we'll probably follow up in some way uh, with, you know, Uh, I think maybe a week or a week and a half from now is when reviews will be coming out. So I'll make sure to follow up at that point. Uh, But yeah, as far as Pocket Now and myself are concerned, you'll hear all of those links and shout outs in the outro starting now. Make sure you follow David across all of his accounts on the internet, including at AndroidAuthority.com. Those links are in the show notes. You can also follow me across the internet on social media networks. I am found at JVTechT because I'm JV. I love tech and I love to drink me some tea. My content on YouTube is found at YouTube.com slash Joshua Vergara, where you can find my content on the Galaxy S21 and the Galaxy S21 Ultra. I just did an unboxing of it, and I also did a review of the Galaxy Buds Pro as well. But then, of course, you're here for Pocket Now, and over at PocketNow.com, you can find the latest headlines and news while going over to any social media network at PocketNow to keep up with all of that. From there, you can head over to the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash PocketNow, for content that's coming out pretty much every single day. With all of that said, we're going to go ahead and call it on this episode of the PocketNow Weekly Podcast. We really appreciate you hanging out with us during these episodes, and we will see you in the next one.